0: Welcome back to the Trainers Only Podcast. This is episode five. This is the final episode of our initial batch of podcasts, so I'm very excited about that. This is key legislation, and in this podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about California Senate Bill 469. We're going to talk about the Horse Racing Integrity Act. PASPA, which relates to sports betting, and we're going to talk a little bit about some proposed California ballot measure reform before going into key takeaways. So starting with California Senate Bill number 469, this bill was actually enacted in reaction to the breakdowns that we had at Santa Anita in the winter of 2019. And the bill initially was written so that it could have paved the way for a ban on racing in the state. And it was interesting the way that they chose to do that. In the original wording, there was extensive out-of-state simulcasting provisions that did not require any agreement from the horsemen. And if you read it carefully, you could conclude that they were trying to make California a simulcast-only state with no live racing. But when we got to the final version, which was actually negotiated not only with horse people, but interestingly with PETA and the Humane Society of the United States, The bill instead changed and the simulcast language came out and the bill changed to allow the California horse racing board to suspend racing if it was deemed necessary for safety reasons. So that was the primary outcome of this bill. It went from sort of a quasi ban or California might be a simulcast only state to giving the CHRB the ability to suspend racing if necessary. And it did one other thing. So if you look in the fine print, the bill contains a provision that forbids county or municipal jurisdictions from altering, which includes reducing, any racing dates that have been assigned by the CHRB. So depending on how you interpret this, it could potentially function as a limitation on county or municipal governments instituting local racing bans because you could not ban racing without reducing the dates of racing in those jurisdictions. And so California may have actually done a really good thing for the racing industry here in not only giving the CHRB a little more flexibility if we find ourselves in a tricky situation like we did last winter, but also in adding to this language that prevents local jurisdictions from doing the work of the activists and banning racing in their own areas. So moving from California to the national level, we can start talking about the Horse Racing Integrity Act of 2019. So this act represents a continuing effort by a group called WO, or the Water, Hay, and Oats Alliance. This group is a coalition of industry participants that was formed to promote legislation around the use of medications and drugs in horse racing, uh, there is heavy participation from the breeders in this group, but also there are trainers and owners that are members of WO as well. They've been working since 2012 on legislation that will do three things. It'll create a uniform standard for medications and testing across the country, along with lab accreditation procedures and uniform penalty structures. It will also create an independent anti-doping agency for racing in the USA that falls under the USADA, which is the US Anti-Doping Agency. It's a federal agency that regulates medications and doping in sports. And it will also ban all race day medications to align the US with international standards. So that is the goal of the Horse Racing Integrity Act. So now we can talk a little bit more about sort of the status of the Horse Racing Integrity Act or the HRIA as it's known. The 2019 version of this bill has bipartisan sponsorship and it's already got more than 130 congressional supporters, but it's not yet gone to the floor for a vote. There are both advocates and opponents of the bill. The advocates include the Jockey Club, the Breeders' Cup, Stronach Group, Uh, NYRA, Keeneland, most of the large thoroughbred breeders. If you listen to podcast episode three on the opposition groups, you will know that PETA and the Humane Society of the United States are also supporters of HRIA. Those that are withholding their support include the HBPA, the TOC, and the RCI. And largely that has to do with the question of LASIKs. Horse racing wrongs, unlike the Humane Society and PETA, won't have anything to do with this bill because they feel like any reform effort weakens their case for a ban of racing. So from a horseman's perspective, what we're going to have to do, I guess, is think very carefully about our positions on this bill. The message that eliminating medications improves safety has been broadly heard by the Humane Society, by PETA, as well as regulators and legislators at this point, Um, and some very powerful voices like the Jockey Club and Breeders' Cup and so forth have, have been sharing that message. There can be two sides of the coin, especially with regards to Lasix, and I recognize that, but in the current environment, changing the messaging With everyone that has heard it it may be very, very difficult. I'm not going to tell anyone how to feel. I would just say think very carefully about Lasix and decide, given the circumstances that we're in with all of the information that has gone to the legislators and the industry opponents, whether or not it's the hill worth dying on. The reason I say that, of course, is there's concern that if we do not support the Reform Acts, that PETA would throw their weight behind horse racing wrongs and push for an immediate ban. I do not know that that's true, but but that is what is the concern. So moving on from the Horse Racing Integrity Act, let's talk a little bit about PASPA, or PASPA, which relates to sports betting. This was the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act. And it was actually established to prohibit states from regulating or taxing sports betting. But the way it was written and the way it was enacted meant that in practice, legal sports betting was actually limited to Nevada and some limited activity in Oregon, Montana, and Delaware. And you couldn't really have legal sports betting anywhere else in the United States. This law, PASPA, was overturned by the Supreme Court in 2018, which actually paved the way for the states themselves to decide whether or not they were going to allow sports wagering and if so, how they were going to implement and regulate it in each of their jurisdictions. So this potential change in sports betting and and the opening up of sports betting being available uh, is potential good news and bad news for the horse racing business. So first, the good news. This could really become a great source of revenue for tracks and for purses, and even in jurisdictions without full casinos, you could potentially add sports betting to the racetracks and do very well with it. There seems to be substantial crossover between the sports bettors and the horse players, which offers also the potential for racing to grab some new supporters. So those are all good news things. The potentially not so good news about sports betting is there is currently a debate going on in the states where it's being implemented as to whether or not those that are putting on the sport should receive any of the wagering handles. So what they call an integrity fee. Uh, So should the NBA get any of the money that's wagered on basketball, let's say. So in this conversation, as it's going on, racing is already starting to be lumped in with other sports by some with the question of whether racing should ever get any handle going to the purses or should racing be self-supporting, say from uh, gate revenue and concessions and licensing and so forth. Obviously that's a non-starter for horse racing, but since it's now being negotiated in regards to integrity fees for other sports, nobody wants to share revenue ever. So uh, horse racing gets, uh, gets brought up in those conversations. So that's some not so good news. Uh, Some other not so good news about it is that this is a gaming expansion that's worth billions of dollars. And the casinos are very, very well aware of that. And of course, like I said, no one ever likes to share their revenue. So if someone were motivated to go after this for themselves, they might potentially support a ban on racing. And um, we did talk when we were talking about the opposition groups about the danger of single purpose groups being able to receive funding from anybody that might benefit from, uh, from their mandate. So in this case, horse racing wrongs might benefit from the end of racing. And so might the casino community, if it would mean they could get sports betting for themselves. So that is a potential threat. So before we close and go to key takeaways, there's just one more piece of potential legislation that I wanted to discuss and that was the California Initiative Referendum and Recall Reform Act. Um, This is a ballot measure that is proposed for the 2020 election, according to the California Secretary of State's website. And what it would do in a nutshell is allow the required signatures for ballot measures, referendums, and so forth in California to be submitted electronically, perhaps uh, via the Secretary of State's website, And that would be in lieu of having to go out and collect manual signatures. If you listen to episode four on ballot measures, you know that in California, you have to either use a paid service or quite a few volunteers or something to go out and actually manually collect all these verifiable signatures on paper and turn them into local election authorities, which adds to the cost of doing a ballot measure. If this Uh, ballot measure itself, this California Initiative Referendum and Recall Reform Act passes, you would not have to necessarily go through that process, but those who wanted to sign uh, your ballot measure could just go do so on the Secretary of State's website. Obviously, that's going to dramatically reduce the cost for uh, proponents of ballot measures. This can work two ways for us. It's going to be less costly for the industry opponents to propose a ban. However, it would also be less costly for us to work legislation that was in our favor. And two, can definitely play at the ballot box game. So um, this is out for public comment now. If you feel one way or the other about it, you can go out and uh, read it on the Secretary of State's website and make your comments. And you will see it if you're a California voter uh, on the 2020 ballot. So for our key takeaways in regards to legislation, it's just the most important one, I guess, would be to remember that it's going to continue to evolve. I spend a lot of time checking websites, and I'm always finding nuances or tweaks. We should probably watch at least four key areas, and that would be federal legislation, things like the Horse Racing Integrity Act. We need to watch the state ballot measures in states where they're allowed, We need to watch changes in laws regarding the existence or the procedures of ballot measures, such as that referendum that's in California for for 2020. And we also want to keep an eye on changes in the gaming laws that might be providing additional opportunities for us, but also additional incentives for those that might want to work against us. Another key takeaway on legislation would be that we have a lot of industry participants that are now partnered with AR activists to support a ban on race day medications with the messaging that racing without medications is safer. And since these voices are from within the industry and we have a A sample of this actually in international racing adhering to these rules, it's difficult to propose a winning counter argument. So if we feel strongly that we need to do so, then we're going to have to really think that through and and put the resources behind that it will take. Otherwise, we may wish to to come to the other opinion. And again, I don't want to tell anyone how to feel. I just wanted to lay out um, what the legislative framework was. Really appreciate everybody listening to our first five podcasts. And if you have ideas for ones we should cover in the future, or you have questions or feedback, please let us know. And we hope this has been very helpful for you.